Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph McLeod. I'm the owner and artistic director of the SoCap Improv Comedy Theater in Toronto, Ontario. We're located at 154 Danforth Avenue, above the Black Swan Tavern on the second and third floor. We do improv classes, shows, events, corporate events, private events. Uh, you can rent our space and put on your own show. Um, we're very much in the community outreach. So if your show is um, not comedy or not sketch, if it's music, that works too. We, uh, we have two stages. Um, and um, I was going to say lots of availability, but that's actually not true. It's dwindling. The number of slots we have are dwindling because we have so many now um, monthly renters. Anyway, uh, every podcast has a sponsor. Our sponsor this week, uh, Dale's Alligator Petting Farm. Come on down to Dale's and get up close and personal with some of nature's most uh, interesting and terrifying creatures. That's Dale's Alligator Petting Farm, formerly Dale and Sons Alligator Petting Farm. All right. Um, so I've been having fun with these, uh, improv rules for life. Um, is it dual thing? There's so many books about, you know, so many X rules for life or X rules for whatever. So I borrowed that. And, uh, also because for myself, the things that I teach and, 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 um, the processes or practices I use when I improvise are the very same ones I use in my real life. And I've, I've used examples of them before. Uh, so to me, improv is kind of like training for life or a way to practice life in a way with very low stakes or sometimes zero stakes. Uh, maybe not zero, but extremely low. Uh, the only time it's the stakes are moderately high is, is when you're in front of a paying audience, but that's only some of the times. Um, most of my time now is spent in a classroom teaching people. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I've, I've, you know, the things I used to live my life by, the principles, uh, are the same ones that I teach and do in improv. Um, and, uh, like I said, you know, sometimes improv is training for life and also it's the other way around. I've had experiences in my real life that I then do on stage, uh, with unsuspecting people and try to work through them like difficulty, difficult times, especially difficult people. Sometimes I'll encounter a person and, uh, like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting character. And then I've tried to portray that person on stage just to get an idea. Well, I mean, it's not the main reason is I think they're fun to do, but often it's like, oh, okay, I get an insight into that person or that kind of quirk or characteristic. And, you know, I, uh, I never like to think that people are evil or insane. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that everybody's the hero of their own journey. And so people who act in ways that, maybe antisocial or rude or how, whatever. I always like to think that there's something there. There's something, there's some positive thing underpinning that and, uh, or at least in their mind. And I like to think about what that could be. Um, you know, cause often people that act in what we perceive as evil ways and they are evil, 
but the people carrying out these acts do not themselves believe them to be evil. Often they believe them to be necessary. And so self-righteousness is, a, is, I think, a very ugly characteristic in human beings. But it plays wonderfully on stage. I, I'm sure I've said it before, but one of the things we love to watch on an improv stage are uh, people with antisocial behaviors like psychopathy and sociopathies, narcissism, self-righteousness, um, egomaniacs, all that. We love to watch them. I think it's like going to the zoo and seeing a wild animal behind a cage. It's, it's safe to view something that scary um, because you know you're protected because it's not real. Or in the case of the zoo, they're behind iron bars. But make it real or take away the iron bars and it's a very different situation. Anyway, that's a circuitous route to bring me back to today's topic, which is uh, improv rule uh, for life number four which is be process-oriented, uh, process-oriented or systems-based. So first of all, what does that mean? Well, uh, to be a process is just a way of achieving goals. Uh, so for example, you know, if your goal is to, is to travel from Toronto to Montreal, that's a goal and your process is, well, how's that, how am I gonna make that happen? Am I gonna drive? Am I gonna fly, take the train? Am I gonna hitchhike, walk? These are all valid, processes to get the job done so you know um and and the and you know in this case you know if you decide to oh you're gonna get a ride with somebody and then that person flakes out on you well you know now that the next time you want to travel you don't ask them so a process is something that you can hone and change over time whereas a goal is not so uh let's give you another quick example that I hope will illustrate what I'm going to get at here a little bit better if this is new to you. Um, and it's, uh, you know, say you're going on a vacation to some beautiful Caribbean or tropical island with uh, some friends or with a special someone. And uh, your goal is to have a good time. Very reasonable, <laughs> relatable goal. Um, and that's the goal. And then the, the process is, well, how are you going to achieve that? And if you're like, I don't know, I just want to have a good time. And, you know, maybe you go on this trip and you come back and you're like, I had a great time. That's, that's lovely. That's wonderful. But if you went and you came back and you said, well, I had a terrible time. Okay. Well, why? Or what happened? Or what were you in hoping to do? Uh, that didn't work out right like uh, okay i'm gonna go down and for me you know i like to uh i like to be on the beach in the morning when the sun comes up to watch the sun come up over the water um i like to um sit by, stay by the pool and have a mojito and read books and then i like to meet people and talk to them so so my process to have a good time is i want to make sure i'm on the beach at the you know 5:45 in the morning six o'clock in the morning I want to uh, make sure I get a good spot by the pool close to the bar. And uh, I want to, you know, attend the events where people will be hanging out and in a mood to, you know, mix and mingle and, and chat. So that's my process. Um, and I, it's interesting, I, I did a podcast on, you know, what I learned from poker. Uh, because in poker, 
you, you know, the process, you can, you can, and I don't want to get into, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but basically in poker, you can have a process wherein you do everything right, but you still lose. You have a bad outcome. And, and, you know, conversely, you can do everything wrong and then have a good outcome, i.e. you win. Um, but the thing about a process is if you are learning to play poker, for example, and, okay, uh, I'm going to play this certain way, and you notice you're losing over time, you can go back and you can amend the process, change your system. Okay, well, maybe I have to make sure when I start, I have better cards. Or maybe I shouldn't uh, call so much, or I should, you know, I should do other actions. And then you can hone that process, and over time, hopefully, you'll become a winner. But if you're just relying on, well, I won money, therefore I won, or I lost money, therefore I'm down, and there's no way to actively engage in fixing and, and hope, helping to ensure a better outcome or raising the, the odds that you will come out with a desirable outcome. That's what process is about and systems in that if you don't get what you're looking for, you can go back and amend it. Now, when this comes to improvisation, and I will use improv uh, like on stage in front of an audience or in a classroom full of your classmates. Uh, and this to me is exactly the same as if you in the real world, you're gonna go to a dinner party and you're gonna have to interact with a bunch of people or you're going to a singles event and you're gonna mix, you have to mingle with strangers, right? Uh, so in the, in the case of the improv scene, what, what my experience is with many students, and this was certainly true of me, you know, in, in the early part of my career is like, I just want to be good, right? I want to be good. I want people to laugh. I want people to like me. You know, I would like it if people after the show came up and said, good show. That was great. I would love that. That's a goal. And, um, you know, that you could, you could do a show or a class and have that happen four times in a row. You know, if you're not thinking about a process, if that's your goal, and then the fifth time it doesn't happen and you have a, quote, bad show, well, how are you going to go back and fix it? What are you going to do to sort of switch, you know, shift the balance more towards the good shows? Well, you might say, well, you had four good ones and one bad one. Okay, well, let's say you had four good ones and you have four bad ones. Are you done? Is the magic over? You know, and that's the problem with goal orientation is it often relies on magical thinking. It'll just happen. It's like being 20 and saying, you know, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be married. Well, what are you going to do to put yourself in a position where you are desirable, you know, for someone to marry you? If you're just hoping it'll happen, that's magical thinking. And it may happen, it may not. But if it doesn't, there's no way to think about how to make it happen. All right, so in the improv example, that's what a lot of students think, in my experience, or and performers, or students and performers. I use them interchangeably. Improvisers, right? I just want to be liked, and that's a laudable goal. Of course, we all want to be liked. I want to be liked, but I realize that at the end of the day, I have no control over that. You know, I might run into an audience that's just having a bad day. Similarly, I might, you know, try to talk to somebody in a social situation, and they're going through something really difficult. And I'm like, oh, they don't want to talk to me. That's, that's it's bad. Uh, but without knowing a process, I, I can only just chop that up to, or chalk it up, I guess not chop it up, chalk it up to um, just the 
vicissitudes, vagaries, <laughs> randomness, just the life. They just shoot up to that. Anyway, coming back to improvisation, you want to be good, but that's beyond your control and there's no process. So when I talk about being process-based or systems-based, it's like, okay, what can one do to get, to increase the odds of a more desirable outcome? Well, I want uh, I want to have a good time. I want people to like me. I want to make people laugh. Okay, well, what do we do there? So in improvisation, it would be, well, I'm going to listen. That's, that's within my control. I'm going to be positive to my scene partners. I can control that. I'm going to say yes to their ideas and the games they want to play. And, and not just the information they put forward, but you know, the, what games they want to play, what, uh, what roles they would like me to portray. You know, I'm going to say yes to all of that. I'm going to suspend my judgment. I am, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do these things. And so like, if at the end of the day I have a quote bad show, like, Oh, the audience were laughing that much. Uh, I feel negative about it. Well, what did I do? Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't say, you know, I didn't say yes here. You know, I, I argued a lot here. I said no a lot. I was kind of negative in these situations. I got down on things. I wasn't looking for the things I wanted to do. Okay, well, tomorrow or the next time I come back to this performance or this class, I'm going to work harder on saying these things. And which brings me to another part of my process when I teach is incremental development. You know, it's all processed, so we're just trying to get a little bit better, just 1% better, you know, every week, every day, every month, just 1% better, 1% better at listening. We can all get 1% better at something. And if you get 1% better, if you can, if you can get 1% better every day, and this is in the book, Atomic Habits, right, in a year, you'll be 37 times better a listener, 37 times better at whatever you were trying to do, <laughs> you know? If you do like, uh, you know, you know, um, if you do like, I don't know, I'm just going to say like uh, 10 minutes of, I don't know, exercise one day and every day you get 1% better by the end of a year, you'll be doing 370 minutes <laughs> of exercise a day, a bit much. The point is small changes plus time equal big changes. And that's the value of having process. You can go back, you can refine it, you can change it, you can update it. It can change as times change. So, you know, if you're going to the uh, desert aisle, you know, and you I mean, uh, I like to do these five or six things. You go and like, well, this one didn't, this one wasn't so good there. Okay, well, maybe we'll set that one aside and let's look at something else we can include in our list of things that we like to do. And when we come back, see what how that affected our, quote, good time, end quote. Right, you want to get, you're 20, you want to get married when you're 30. And so you do things like, um, you know, um, become independent where you live, have uh, employment, um, get over all your emotional baggage, whatever. You turn 30, you're still not married. Okay, well, what am I, what am I missing? Or what, what else can I change about this? Um, and then, all, you know, and also, uh, <laughs> you know, what can I change? What can I do differently? But also realizing that, some of this is beyond your control and 
So the final part of being systems-based and process-oriented is as much as possible, we try to let go of expectation. You know, we try, you know, when I, when I get on stage, of course I want people to like me. When I go to a dinner party, of course I want to meet people and, and laugh and have a good time, but that doesn't always happen. And so I have to be able to be okay with not achieving the goal. Because I, I and, and the way I think about it is, well, if, if I achieve my goals every single time, it'd be kind of boring. Like you wouldn't, you know, in a way, like you, if you always meet with success, that gets kind of boring. You know, I'm, I'm my, my daughter went to the CNE this week and she was playing a couple of the games uh, in the midway and, and she lost and she was really disappointed. And I, that's what, I, that's the message I was trying to send her. Well, imagine, you know, you played ring toss and you won every single time. You wouldn't really want to, what would be the point of playing ring toss? You'd sort of get tired of playing it. Um, so always having the possibility of losing makes victory sweeter, makes achieving your goals worthwhile. You know, if you knew you were going to succeed every single time at every single task you did, there'd be little joy in achieving it. You know, there's, there's no risk. There's no reward without risk, right? And the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So if there's no risk, there's no chance of failure. You, uh, you know, you know, life will lose some of its sweetness. Um, you know, so yeah, so systems-based, process-oriented. As much as we can, we let go of our expectations. We try, we try not to have them. We take our hands off the wheel, let the universe decide, and we're okay with wherever it goes. Because if it didn't work out, I can go back and I can refine, and I can change, and I can get better. And any kind of obstacle I face will only help me refine my process to get even better and better and better over time. And small changes plus time equal huge changes. And as the philosopher, um, uh-oh, I forgot his name. Terrible with names. John Fogarty. Yes, John Fogarty of Credence Clearwater Revival remarked, from small things, mama, big things one day come. So process-oriented, systems-based, try to let go of results and realize that when you don't achieve your goals, it's actually a way to go back and get an even a better process and strengthen it and, 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 and build it even better. And if you're sitting there saying like, Ralph, that sounds like a load of crap. Uh, you know, the idea of like when you fail, you go back and redo your process and you'll be better. That might be, it might be because you know, no one likes to lose. Uh, no one likes to have a bad time. But to me, it comes down to, well, what else? What's the alternative? To go and sulk? No. I'm not going to go sulk. I'm not going to go feel bad for myself. And let's face it. We don't like people who feel bad for themselves. Like we want people who are always actively engaged in getting better. You know, which is another podcast I'll be doing on what characters do we like? what makes us fall in love or desire or not desire what makes us fall in love with characters or want to follow their journey uh or desire to become involved with their you know their journey their their path well that's part of that is aspirational they're striving forward they're trying to accomplish something they're looking for what they want what they love all that stuff all right well that's enough of me today 
process oriented results based no process systems yes uh it will for me it's made my i'm so much more mentally uh, in a better place by working on that and letting go of results and taking my hand off the wheel and just loving where the universe takes me all right you all have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. See y'all here next time on more SoCap Improv Comedy, uh, SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast, brought to you by Dale's Alligator Farm, formerly Dale and Sons. And then it was for a while it was Dale and Sons plural, and then just Dale and Sons singular, and now it's just Daryl. Poor Daryl. Take care. Bye.